0: So awakening spiritual wisdom. Uh, who wants to do that? Show of hands. Who'd like to awaken their spiritual wisdom? Okay, so that that tells me that you believe you have some, and I believe you do. Hi Laura, I didn't see you before. Are you sure? We do have spiritual wisdom. And I'm gonna read from uh, Bhagavad Gita, a quick text. Once I read the text and stop reading, then you can stop me at any time with a question or a comment, okay? So, you don't have this isn't a lecture. This is a discussion, all right? So, promise you'll do that. You'll stop me if you, if you think? So. I know you will. You're good at it. Okay. okay, we're talking tonight in the second canto, 60th verse, 260. Itato hi api kante ya purusyasya vipashitaha indriyani pramatini aranti prasabha manha. Translation The senses are so strong and, and impetuous, O Arjuna, that they forcibly carry away the mind of a man of discrimination who is endeavoring to control them. So, The next verse talks a little bit more about what to do with these senses that are so strong and impetuous that they carry us away. I'll just read the English. One who restrains his senses, keeping them under full control and fixes his consciousness upon me, is known as a man of (coughs) steady intelligence. Steady intelligence is wisdom. You see? Wisdom means that intelligence is steady uh not that it's flickering the intelligence can flicker here and flicker there you know it's like um i don't know if you've ever taken a child to the store you go to the store and you you say look i'm just going to go in and buy some milk that's all we want the child says let me go no i'm just going to go get the milk and come back out oh let me go all right but don't ask for anything because i'm just going to get milk and as you usually they have the milk way in the back of the store By the time you get out out there, the child is 1 in 50 things. Can I have that? Can I have that? It's just back and forth, you see. So, our our senses do this to us. Our senses pull us this way, pull us that way. You see, they're always giving us uh, suggestions of what we should do and what we should enjoy. So, uh, the mind, which is the sixth sense, should control the senses. The mind, is like the reins of a of a horse. And if you don't have the pull of the reins, the horse will go wherever it wants to. You can't steer the holy. So one who restrains his senses, keeping them under full control, and fixes his consciousness upon me, Krishna's saying this, is known as a man of steady intelligence. Okay? So how do we restrain the senses? Anybody got any ideas? Suggestions? Melina. Really I think that would help. That would help. But the, the, the senses are so wild. Arjuna tells Krishna later on in this chapter that Krishna, to control the senses, it would be easier to control the wind. So Krishna is explaining here. One who restrains the senses. How do we restrain the senses? Well, we, we restrain them by getting them under control by focusing, focusing them on something spiritual. What is spiritual? What's the most spiritual thing we can think of? Krishna. Yeah. Krishna. God. So we focus on... Okay. Now does that mean that we're going to sit around and just go... Oh, oh. Or maybe while you're driving down the road, you're... Oh. Will that work? Probably not. Maybe a little bit, but not, not really. So, we have to use the senses our senses are not going to be satisfied if we're not tasting and seeing and touching and hearing and smelling. You see? So, uh, let's say this: this, this take the, the sense of taste. The tongue wants to taste something and we have to eat. So, if we're going to eat something, why not make that something that we've prepared for Krishna in a loving way, using the best ingredients. We prepare it for God out of love and devotion. And we make an offering to Him. That doesn't have to be a really big, drawn out process like we do here. It's a very very complicated process sometimes in the temple. But at home, it doesn't have to be a really big, drawn out thing. You can cook with God in mind, cooking with Krishna in mind. I want you to taste this, my Lord. I'm going to make something that I hope you like. You see? After all, you furnished everything the vegetables and the fruits spices everything comes from you so it's your energy that i'm using the least i can do is offer it back to you with love you see. so then he will accept it he says in bhagavad-gita if you offer me with love and devotion a fruit a flower a leaf or water with love and devotion i will accept it all right so when you offer it to krishna he guarantees you that if you put the magic ingredient of love and devotion, he will accept it. So, when Krishna accepts an offering, he becomes the offering. So now you have food that has become spiritual. It has become as good as God himself. He glances at the food. His senses are interchangeable. Our our senses are not. So in other words, he can eat with his eyes. He, He can, when he looks at it, He he takes, he accepts the love and devotion that you've put into it. And now he's become the food. So the food is spiritualized. It's now transcendental. So you can satisfy your tongue as much as you want to. We're all going to do that later. We're going to satisfy our tongue with as much as we want to eat. And it's all spiritual, spiritualized food. It's become Krishnaized. Krishna has accepted it. He's taken the love and devotion. And he became the offering. So we get to eat Krishna tonight. And he tastes good. He really does. Okay? Who following so far? What well, how can I in, in, in engage my nose? That sense. I want to smell something nice. I can offer some nice flour or some nice oil. Well, Paul has this nice Nakchampa oil. Nakchampa is very nice, it's a very special oil from India. It's one of my favorites, and uh, so he's offered that to Krishna. So now Krishna becomes the offering. Now he's smelling Krishna. If you get close to him, you'll smell Krishna too. <laughs> we engage our eyes by seeing the deity of the Lord. <clears throat> you can also engage your eyes, like when I see that this beautiful, this wonderful eucalyptus tree out here. I think, you know, Krishna, you have put this tree here just for our. Enjoyment. This tree is so wonderful. It gives us shade. It's just such a nice entity. You know. Uh, so we when we see that, I can recognize that's Krishna's energy. That's his gift <coughs> to us. You see. Uh, also I see the devotees. The devotees remind us of Krishna. When we see a devotee, we immediately, oh, you know, we can't see another Gripur without thinking of Krishna me, like being Krishna, he's always scheming on how to serve Krishna, how he can love Krishna a little bit more, you know, by serving him. All the devotees here are like that. You know, I mean, every one of you look at and remind me of Krishna. So, my eyes are engaged. We engage our ears by chanting the names of Krishna, by discussing his pastimes, by talking about how wonderful and sweet he is by talking about His love, discussing how we can serve Him, discussing how I can serve you. My dear devotee, how can I serve you? That's the, the main thing that we should say to one another is how may I serve you? A lot of people that I know that have been devotees for a long time. As soon as you see them, you, you say their name, they say, how, how may I serve you? We want to serve the devotees. So you please Krishna by serving uh, the devotees. Please the devotees by serving Krishna. So you see, we engage our sense of touch. The devotees, when we see one another, I never did this until I was a devotee. But when a devotee sees another devotee, immediately you feel love in your heart, and you want to touch the devotee. You know, I did when I was uh, before I became a devotee. I didn't really, I wasn't into shaking hands, you know. Uh, But you know, in business you shake hands. that I'd be oh, I'm glad to meet you, sir. <laughs> i to wash my hand, you know. I don't know where that hand has been. But when the devotees see each other, we want to embrace, we want to touch one another. It's pleasure, you see. So, we engage all of our senses. We engage our legs in walking to the temple or to walking through the store to buy something, to cook for Krishna or whatever, you see. So, we're restraining the senses, by using them in service of Krishna, you see? And Krishna says, keeping them under full control. This keeps your senses under control, you see? If you don't control your senses, what happens? They control you. You're always being pulled here and there by the senses. Again, it's like having a, uh, a cart that you're, that's drawn by several horses and you don't have hold of the reins so the horses go wherever the grass looks green you see but if you pick the reins up you can make the horses go here and there so uh, we're using the senses to uh, satisfy krishna's senses the misunderstanding that we have in this material world is that it's really all about me even if we don't admit it, a lot of us think it. It's, it's all about me, you know? And I use this analogy a lot, but it, 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 it paints a picture, okay? Let's say that uh, we, we take a picture of the, of the group, you know, which is a good idea. Take a picture of the group here. And then we print the picture out. And then as soon as we, we pass it around, right? As soon as it comes to you, who's the first person you look for? There's all these wonderful, beautiful people here, and then picture comes oh, let me see, am I blinking? I? Oh man, the camera adds 20 pounds. It's supposed to only be 10, but it looks like 20. What kind of nonsense camera was that? i not that fat. See. I'm the center. I'm the center of my universe. It's kind of all about me. And that causes us great difficulty as we try to make it through life. It's the biggest stumbling block that we, or anybody that's trying to aspire uh, for spiritual development, the biggest stumbling block is self-interest. A lot of people like to say, uh, as a matter of fact, this morning we were at Brooklyn's, uh, I spoke at Brooklyn's, uh, over on Campbell. Yeah, Grant. yeah and uh one of the ladies said there that she felt that what's needed in the world is we need to learn to love ourselves never heard that sounds wonderful doesn't it it's so poetic but i think i'm all up inside myself too much you know i'm always looking for me in the picture I'm always looking out for me and mine. I'm accepting or rejecting my friends based on how much I can enjoy them. How much enjoyment do you bring into my life rather than how much can I bring into yours? You see, How can I serve you? How am I? We're thinking, oh, hey, you look like a nice guy. I wonder how you can serve me. Subconsciously, we think like that. That's not spiritual thought. That's material thought. I want to exploit the resources of the material world for my enjoyment and a lot of people who aren't very spiritually advanced will say what's wrong with that what's wrong with it it's here for us to enjoy isn't it so the misunderstanding that we have is that i am the enjoyer i'm the enjoyer i'm here to enjoy and that that's what i'm looking to do i want to enjoy but things that are spiritual are Upside down and backwards from things that are material. It's like a reflection in a mirror. See? Spiritual things are different than the material laws that we think we so, that we know so well. See? Truly, we're not here to enjoy, and we don't enjoy by trying to enjoy, or we don't even enjoy what we're enjoying. We think we do. You're thinking, what does he mean, right? That's that's a lot of double talk, you know. That sounds like the sound of one hand clapping, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not really saying anything. But the, what it's really saying is that I'm not an enjoyer, I am the enjoyed. The spiritual truth is I am to be enjoyed. I enjoy by being enjoyed. My whole purpose is to serve and and cause Krishna to enjoy me by giving him love and devotion. Krishna enjoys, when I cook this nice preparation, you know, when I cook something for him, I use some nice organic vegetables and fruits and and I cook it very nicely for him. See, when he enjoys it, then I feel great enjoyment. Now, if I'm just going to... You can experiment with this, you know. Let's say you're going to have the most special people in your life over for dinner. The most people you think the most of. And you're, invi- you're inviting them over for dinner. So you go out to the store, you know, maybe like Whole Foods. Is Whole Foods big here? Is it, you know, big and expensive. Big, yeah, you go to the <laughs> big and expensive store, and get the nicest stuff they have, and you're going you're gonna to fix uh, a, a, your favorite dish for them, something you know that they're going to love maybe it's not even your favorite dish maybe you found that they like Italian food and you think Italian food is okay but you found this great recipe and you want to please them you have a desire to please them in other words you have a desire to be enjoyed you're going to enjoy when they say wow this was great how did you know I like Italian you know see then you feel great great pleasure. So let's say you've gone to, you've got all this stuff and you're going to cook just before you start cooking you get a, a text people don't use the phone anymore you always text. ding ding your phone oh, oh no they can't come they've had some, oh, something come up and they can't come and they're going to have to make it another night so are you going to go ahead and cook all this nice stuff or are you going to make a sandwich for yourself Something quick, you know. Something that I like that's quick and easy. You see. So if we examine ourselves, we realize I really enjoy making others enjoy. I enjoy when I please others. In other words, I am my transcendental nature, my spiritual nature is that of a servant. I'm a servant of the Supreme Lord i his eternal servant. That's the, that is the absolute truth. Some people say, well, we hear a lot about the real truth in the world. About the only real truth, the only real thing that's true, absolutely true, can, not, can never, ever be defeated and will never, ever change, that you'll hear in this material world is that you are an eternal servant of God. That's called true ego. Anything other than that is false ego. I am an American? No, I'm not. I'm I'm an eternal living entity. I'm in an American's body right now. I'm a man? No, I'm not. I'm a spirit soul and I'm in a man's body right now. I'm a human being. some, Some living entities think that they're dogs. The dogs are just like us. They're just in dog bodies. They are really believing. Now some people say, what well, they are, though?" No. no, They're convinced that they're dogs, just like we're convinced that we're humans. We have to convince ourselves that I am an eternal living entity. I am way beyond this body. This body doesn't even represent me. This body represents some desires that I had in a previous life. And out of those desires, I was moved to perform certain actions. And those actions created reactions. That's called the law of karma. My desires caused me to do actions. Actions created reactions. So here I am. I have the reaction to my previous life. You see? That's all it is. I didn't change. And I won't change. When I give this body up and take another body, I don't change. But I pass into another body and I'll be convinced that Maybe next time I'll be convinced that I'm a dog. Or a cat or a parakeet or... (coughs) I don't want to be a parakeet (laughs) You see, I don't don't want to be a dog either. (laughs) Somebody once told me I was once a dog in my last life. Anyway, we discussed that (laughs) later. So, uh, you see where we're going with this? I think I'm this and I think I'm that when really the truth is I am an eternal servant of Krishna. I am not a human being searching for a spiritual experience. I'm a spiritual being searching for a human experience. You see, There's never been a time when I did not exist. There's never going to be a time when I'll cease to be. So, uh, my senses are causing me to do certain things and I'm suffering or enjoying certain reactions so uh, Lord Krishna says that if you want to be of steady intelligence you will control the senses if you control the senses by becoming his servant now you become real the only truth is that you are servant God is the supreme and we're all all living entities are his servant that's the only truth So if if this microphone is being used for anything other than serving Krishna, that's really not true. It's as if it's not even happening. It's a a useless experience. Any activity that you do that is not in relationship to serving God is false. Some Some people argue, no, it's really happening. It's not. It's a temporary thing that you're doing in a temporary body and you're going to pass on. But things that you do, that are real, such as anything you do to serve God, that is true, that is real, that really happened. You see? Even though you're confined in this material world, you're performing transcendental activities. You're performing the activities that you would perform in the liberated stage. You see? So the devotees of Krishna are trained on how to do the the same activities now, in this lifetime, as you will do when you're liberated from this material world. You see? When you get out of the circle of birth and death, repeated birth and death, and you're liberated, what will you be doing? Some people think, well, I'll just be energy. Okay. You ever thought, anybody ever thought about that? I'm going to be, a lot of people think like that now, I'm just energy. I'm going to go merge with the, with the supreme energy. Okay, so you go and you merge with the supreme energy. Now what? You can do this too, you, if you want to. you can, If you try real, real hard, you can go merge with the effulgence coming from Krishna. So let's say you go there. What are you going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do? Sean? Sure. Yeah, it is conjugal relationship with Krishna is only one of several. You can be his friend also. You can be his parent. You can have a loving relationship with him as as if you were his parent. You're not going to give birth to him, but you can he will behave as your, as your child. With Krishna, you can be his uh, superior. You can have a relationship with him where you're his superior. Now a lot of people never think of God as being like that. God, he's always the the top guy. Well, of course he's God. He's always going to be God. But if out of love you seek a relationship like mother, what if you want to be his mother? There's going to be times when you're going to have to chastise him. You see? Just because he's God doesn't mean he's going to be a perfect child. He's going to be very naughty. So does that make any sense? So Uh, the truth is, we're all servants, part and parcel, servants of God. We can achieve liberation into the impersonal conception. It's possible. Any of us could do it. It's very difficult, but you could do it if you're determined. But I, I, and that's very popular. Many people have brought that from India and peddled it. And some people say, Well, I just I want to merge with the, with the um, what do you call it, the, uh, the universal energy. You know? In other words, I don't want God to have a personality. If He has a personality, he may, be ask, he may ask me to do something. And if He's going to ask me to do something, He might ask me to do something I don't want to do. Where is the love and devotion? In other words, I don't want to be a servant of God. If you don't want, If you don't want to be a servant of God, You're denying the truth. So you can go merge into that energy. But it's not satisfying. Because what do you get? Very few people think very far. Think ahead. What do you get if you go there? Some people say, I get Shanti, I get peace. Okay, so here you are. You're liberated. And you're peaceful. Now what? Personal says, I want to be, I want to regain my lost true identity with Krishna as his personal servant. I want to walk with him. I want to hug him. He's attractive. He's the most attractive. He's the most beautiful. He smells better than Dr. Paul. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? We smell things that come from Krishna. They emanate from Him. How good could He smell? It emanates from Him. How beautiful could He possibly be? We can't even imagine. We want to get close. We want to have Him. You see? We want to associate. We want to make Him smile. I want to cook Him something really great and make Him grin and say, wonderful. You see? How great will you feel when you do something that pleases the Supreme? The Supreme feeling, you'll feel supremely wonderful, you see? So, uh, maybe you and I can talk a little later. I've got something else I wanna, I've, I've gotta move on to right now, so. Um. All right, we're gonna move on to something else. Probably have time, do I not? But thank you all for your attention, I appreciate it. Um, and if you have any questions or further dis- discussions, uh, I'll be acting in a of time, but while we're eating, we can all gather around and talk, and, and, uh, I can talk and eat at the same time, so if you can, then we'll get along, just fine, so thank you so much, and we'll move on to something else.